Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. <laughs> I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here with Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub. How are we doing tonight? Hello, hello. Um, I'm doing well. Okay, so I was listening back to um, our episode last week because I was trying to find a segment from the booster segment to send to someone. And I realized my mom has told me this before, but I didn't really believe her. Our voices are remarkably similar. No, you can't get on this train, Christina. I'm I'm just saying it is it was there were moments I was like, oh, I do understand now why people I I got it now. So, yeah, I'm 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 fine, but I'm also going to be like doing my part to like make my voice sound more, I don't know, you know? I, well, okay, so this week, because I'm a little sick, as listeners may or may not be able to tell, my throat's a little bit scratchy. I'll go low, you go high. In between the two, or maybe, you know, <laughs> actually, Christina, you know you know what? This is your fault. Because you could have had a beautiful Atlanta accent, and you chose I did. not to. I did. I absolutely chose not to. You're correct. This is my fault. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm and i sorry. I'm sorry 29 years later that, um, that yeah. this is where we're at. Our brand is in danger because of you. <laughs> <laughs> Your okay. brand is in danger. Okay. No, you, here's the thing, though. Uh, you have the distinctive laugh. So that's honestly, oh, I, think, I think we're okay. good because you got the laugh. So. Mm. All right. I'll try to do a little more tee-hee-heeing. Okay. Um, love it. It's very squeaky today, though. It was so bad when I woke up this morning. I was like, hello, everybody. <laughs> it's me, Simone. <laughs> I love it when I have like kind of like the the more like bleh, rougher voice. I'm like, oh, I like it's it. It's honestly kind of sexy. I'll be I'll be totally real with you. I don't know if it's sexy specifically right now, but yeah. the potential is there. It, it It is. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so sexy voice, Simone. Neural voice, Christina. We do recognize they kind of sound similar, but hey, you know what? We are two different people, um, and and this is a podcast. Uh, what is this a podcast about? It's about tech, right? Technology. Yeah, okay, that cool. Thing. Cool. And this week, we're going to be talking. We're going to be continuing to follow uh, Sam Bankman Fried's trial, yes. which is ongoing. It's week <sighs> two, baby, and we've got even more action, even more high profile testimony. Then we're going to be talking about the new PS5 model that Sony has just announced, which introduces an interesting change uh, for Booster. This week, if you are a subscriber supporting this show directly, getting an ad-free show and a bonus segment every single week, you are going to hear us discuss uh, some AI chatbots that Meta is putting together uh, with a little celebrity twist. Plus, Christina's idea for the chatbot of all time, the moneymaker, the one that we can't believe that no one has done. It's it's honestly stunning, and I would say that this is... We are also toying around an idea for a, a kind of a riff off in this segment, a, another booster segment that will kind of riff off of this and that will tell you more about if that comes to fruition in the future. Um, but yeah, uh, you definitely want to tune in because I I'm, I do not know why they have not made this AI chatbot yet. Like I genuinely am shocked. Oh, I think we should fully leak it in the booster. Your beautiful idea because we need to get people psyched. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. All right. In the trial of Sam Bankman-Fried, we are finally seeing some heavy-hitting testimony. We've had a former roommate of his. We've, of course, had FDX co-founder Gary Wong. Also a former roommate. Also a former roommate. And this week, we got Caroline Ellison, ex-girlfriend, yes. CEO of Alameda Research, CEO, as the, the testimonies have uh, shown really in name only. Mm -hmm. Because her her testimony is that she has done many, many things at Sam Bankman-Fried's behest. Uh, Wall Street Journal called this the first big day of SBF's trial, Caroline Ellison's testimony. Uh, last year, she pleaded guilty to fraud and conspiracy. Um, and this week uh, in court, she is saying she did it all because of Sam Bankman-Fried. Uh, she says that he gave her the okay to tap customer funds from FTX for Alameda Research's needs and pointed to one specific incident where they used... A billion dollars of customers' funds from FTX. She also sent fraudulent balance sheets to investors to make Alameda look more stable than it was. 
Building on top of that, uh, in the previous testimony that we heard from FTX co-founder Gary Wong, uh, SBF had asked Wong and Nishad Singh, who was FTX's director of engineering, to enable Alameda Research to withdraw funds past its balance from FTX, uh, pulling from customer deposits and fees, despite the fact that FTX or that SBF tweeted that Alameda's account with FTX was not a conflict of interest and was just like any other account, despite the fact that they engineered it hmm. to be different. Meanwhile, as The Verge noted, SBF's attorney in his opening statement chose some very inept metaphors to defend him. Uh, Mark Cohen told the journey or told the jury that working on a startup was like building a plane while flying it and that FTX's metaphorical plane had flown into the storm of a crypto crash, but he went on to elaborate. But of course, that was only a problem because they didn't have a chief risk officer, which in uh, Elizabeth Lapato, Verge reporter's mind, raised the question, well, why didn't they have a chief risk officer who made that decision? Was that some kind of negligent and or criminal decision? Maybe we'll find out. So it, it is lighting up in there. There's a million other anecdotes. There's talk about beanbags. There's talk about uh, other documents. There's talk this about trial is self-deleting wild. messages. Yeah, it, it's good. Do you have any, I guess, favorite updates from, from this past week, Christina? Okay, yes, I have many. Okay, first of all, I would like to note that this is the second October in a row where we have like a big, massive like tech fraud trial. Like last year, mm-hmm. it was Theranos, and now it is this. And I just have to say that if this continues to be like a fall tradition, I'm here for it. I think there should be a commemorative Starbucks drink. Yeah, you're so right. Yep. Yep. You know, there, there should be like some sort of like scammer latte or something. So I'm, I'm, I'm into this. Well, this was OK. So Caroline Ellison obviously is going to be my favorite part of the entire thing because that is the most salacious part of this whole saga. And so that's the part that I'm going to love the most. Also, her Tumblr was amazing. And so I'm, I'm, I'm here for her on that. She testified today uh, and she's also expected to, to continue to testify Thursday this week. So as you listen to this, she will have presumably been on trial for a third or on the stand for a third day that she Can't faces wait. a maximum of 110 years in prison and oh that she's going to need to pay a fine and restitution to the victims of the crime she committed and that she has not been promised any sort of, you know, sentencing thing. So that that was I have to say, like of all the things, not only did she say all of this, and obviously, look, they will be giving her some consideration in sentencing. That's mm-hmm. whether they promised or not, that's going to happen. But she's facing 110 years in prison. Can you even imagine? That, it's especially nuts because, like, the impression that I get from her is of a person who, like, yes, was doing crimes, but also was in way over her head. Oh, yeah. And was not at any point really thinking about the possibility. She was, she was like, very anxious. So she was thinking about the consequences of it. But I, I, I'm i really at a loss to understand, like, what was going on there to, like, keep her locked in this situation that she yeah. was in, where she was, like, continuing and continuing to... Just do commit fraud. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like dig the hole deeper. Cause like <laughs> I I don't know. That hopefully this doesn't happen to most of you listeners. Hopefully you don't find yourselves in a position where you've been spending years like doctoring balance sheets to misrepresent the billions of dollars that your firm is responsible for. Like yeah. it takes effort to do that, but she does give off this like demeanor of like I can't believe I freaking did this. Like, what happened to me? No, exactly. And I have to say, like, you know, and it cannot be, like, stressed enough. Like, these are are smart people, right? Like, yeah. uh, this, this is uh, true for the the other co-founder um, uh, um, as well, um, you know, who testified uh, last week. Like, these are smart people. Like, went to top schools, were recruited by top investment banks. These are not dummies. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, if if we if we rolled our eyes at the Elizabeth Holmes defense of you know the grooming thing, we really kind of I don't even think we can give her that benefit here because okay, a they're the same age and b like, come on, like, you know what I mean? Like this is mm-hmm. just all of this. I mean, we can read the Google Docs of their relationship, which was clearly toxic, but like I've I mean I've I've seen some toxic relationships and I've seen some girls do some toxic things for a guy they really like to was not willing to commit, which upsets them greatly. I haven't seen it go into a level of fraud 
that could put you in jail for 110 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty rare that that happens. <laughs> right. Like, like usually if it's going to be that bad, there's murder, right? And that I can yeah. almost understand. I'm almost like, okay, well, you were driven to do these heinous crimes by passion. But rarely is it financial fraud. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes a lot of really um, boring and specific work to commit the levels of fraud that she has pleaded guilty to committing and that Sam Bankman fried allegedly did. Yeah. So, I mean, part of me has to wonder, like, how much of this, I mean, and this is, to be clear, this is not a defense of any of these people, but I have to wonder, and maybe this is just my brain trying to rationalize how these situations can happen, is that all of this felt like a video game. Like, none of this felt real to people. Oh. Like, like, it felt like these figures are so astronomical this stuff is so ridiculous. This entire situation is so farcical, kind of like what um, um, was, you know, as um, was being written in the Michael Lewis book, um, which which I'm halfway through, listeners. This whole thing was so ridiculous and over the top that it didn't feel real to any of them. And so the consequences and the actions didn't feel real. Like, it didn't feel like, I have a feeling that if you were at, even if you were the age that these people were at, which to be clear is young, in the 80s and you were at like a Wall Street bank and you were, let's say this is during like the 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 scandal then during the 1980s when um, there was like the market fixing stuff. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those traders were young. Um, yeah. I, I think that there was a very high pressure um, since that was going on in the trading rooms. You're around all these things. You knew it was real money. You felt like there were real things at risk and you knew when you were making decisions, if they were bad, there were potentially consequences and there were reasons yeah. that you did that, right? But it, I don't think there was the sense that they were like, okay, but this is this is, this is is meaningless, right? Whereas yeah. here, it almost feels like, you know, they're all playing games, you know? Like, it, it, it's sort of, they're, they're in Hong Kong or they're in the Bahamas or they're someplace else and they're, you know, uh, talking about effective altruism and spending time trying to be, like, overly philosophical like they're college students. Yeah, it gets into this very heady space where... Right. Yeah. And and it, so it maybe the stakes are maybe it doesn't feel real or maybe the stakes feel bigger than like right. Sim- simple criminal consequences. Right. So I mean that's the only thing I can think is that it's like okay maybe you should have been stayed at like a traditional investment bank because then at least if some you know guy is yelling and screaming at you that you know you've lost all this money and you're going to have the fear of God in you but here you're just like eh, it's a number on a screen. I I mean that's the mm-hmm. only thing I can yeah, come yeah. to terms with but I don't know but that's it's just it's it's insane to me just the the level of of fraud that that she alleges and the amount of just doing it over and over and over and over again and i am very curious like what her sentencing will be and what his will be right because i think there's no way that he doesn't get found guilty there's no way i yeah i think he will be found guilty i think you're correct that she they there will be some consideration in the um what do they call it not not the verdict because she's pleaded guilty but the sentencing thank you um the sentencing for her just because of of the situation that they were in and because of how she's coming off um but i I don't know what do you think yeah i mean yeah i mean she's definitely i don't know how much time she's gonna get that's what i'm trying to figure out like are we are we at like more than i mean i have i have to think that it's got to be more than elizabeth holmes i mean i hope so i i definitely think so yeah just because she pleaded guilty so there's not really I mean, she did the thing. Right. Well, but, you know, but, but, the, but, the, but the guidelines can, can be all over the place. But you're like, okay, so is this like more than like uh, an Allison Mack? Is it less like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, now I'm starting to think of like the, the Nexium yeah. things. And so I'm just like, okay, so what's the realm of appropriate sentencing for these very huge white collar crimes? Um, yeah. And obviously it's all like conjecture for me. I, I, I think more than Holmes because... There's like clearly a lot of money at stake. Less, or how much did Allison Mack oh, get? Oh, I think she got like eight years. So, which what I know. Uh, actually, let me Google this. More than Alice. I, 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 oh, that's. I think she'll get more than Allison Mack just because of. I mean, how much she's up oh, for. Oh, no, but no, also, no, that's no, crazy. I, no, I know. I was wrong. I was wrong. And okay, honestly, this says all we need to say about our justice system, and that being part of a sex cult that like is very, very bad and like holds people hostage and brands people and does awful things. That gets you three years in prison. What? Yeah. Defrauding um, some rich people with your, you know, out of your mind ideas, 11. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Shut up. Oh, oh, oh. And it's actually, 
Um, she's out. She's been out since July. Get the front door out of here. What? No, she, <laughs> okay, she, was, whatever. she was released early because she was sentenced to three years in June 2021. And I guess because of time served and other stuff, she she was released early. So she's out. So good to know. Thank yeah, you. So Allison Mack back on the street. So yeah, I, I hope she gets more than Allison Mack. Um, but again, that just... Wow, I was really going into that conversation assuming that Allison Mack was the high end, Elizabeth Holmes was the low end. I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Bronfman sisters got more, but I think they still got less than Holmes. Um, wow. So I'd have to go back and, and, and look um, at that again. I also need to rewatch um, The Vow. But, but I mean, I guess the question is, yeah. were enough rich people defrauded in the um, FTX collapse no. to warrant giving her enough time much like Elizabeth Holmes, or was it all normal people, in which case it doesn't matter? Right. I mean, I think it's that. I also think that it's it's difficult to tell how many people were really impacted. Like they, the first person they put on the stand was someone who lost $100,000. But this is also a person who, in by his own admission, like did very risky and very dumb things with his money all the time. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of sympathy for that, right? Like I, I just don't. Um, and I, I, I'm going to be completely frank with you. I don't have a lot of sympathy for anybody who's going to put a hundred thousand dollars into like a, you know, crypto, you know, exchange period without having, you know, uh, allowances for the fact that it could go away because it's not FDIC insured. Yeah. And if you're an investor, you get that you're taking that risk. Exactly. You know, I mean, not, not to say that I think that you should lose it or anything. I'm just saying like that, that to me, I'm not going to like, like not going to weep for, for people like that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think that I think it's just the is the the scale of of the the crimes and the scale of like the numbers. But I also wonder too, like, does that become a point where does the jury become desensitized by that? They just hear all these huge numbers and then it that desensitizes them too. I don't know. I I could see it going both ways. I guess we'll kind of find out because I'm not sure how many more um clients they're going to call yeah because it it does seem like like obviously they're focusing on the aspects not the crypto aspect of it but the um garden variety financial fraud and it sounds like a lot of these first witnesses were either like personality witnesses or witnesses to just egregious um uh, oversights in business Mm mm-hmm um, so I, I'm not sure how much in the weeds on those specific numbers for customers they are going to get. Um, speaking of, uh, personal witnesses, well, okay. My favorite anecdote from, um, the Verge's write up of, um, Ellison's testimony was she was recalling like comments that he had made to her, mm-hmm. such as I think that he had a 5% chance of becoming president one day, um, he was interested in getting the FTC to crack down on his competitor Binance, yes. but also that he thought his hair yes. Yes. was very, quote unquote, very valuable. Thank you for bringing this up. I love this. Uh, so important and mm-hmm. had gotten him higher bonuses at Jane Street. Um, Lapata writes, in the courtroom, Bankman Freed visibly shook while she said this. Um, he has since, of course, had his hair cut in prison. He got a little prison haircut. So... The hair situation and I love the beanbag it. situation, which we also need to cover. What did you think about the the hair anecdote? Okay, so that I actually I loved, and I also kind of agreed with. I I was like, you know what? I think that his like little like fro really did make him different and have him stand out. Like, I don't know if that's why he got higher bonuses, but I definitely think it gave him a little something extra. Yeah, I actually agree with that. I I feel like. Especially if you are kind of in the the realm of eccentric rich person. To have a physical quality that does make you stand out, I, I think it just makes it, – it, it, it affirms that you are so rich and so eccentric mm-hmm. that you are beyond the laws of of mortal of uh, physicality and grooming. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think it's just that he had, like, curly hair. It's just, like, it was the unmanageable – like, it's the fact that he didn't brush it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just – and it's it's that that the, the the Jufro of it all, like that you know, just kind of being wild and unmanageable. It's like, yeah, this guy is so rich; he doesn't have to have a clean shirt on. He doesn't have to brush his hair. Yeah, he can play League of Legends while he's in a meeting with you. Exactly, he can have like old like three day old cereal on on the you know uh, table next to him while he's on a call with you. And you're like, yep, this is the guy that I want to give twenty billion dollars to. You know, that's a made up figure, yep. but. But yeah, this is a guy I want to give, you know, $65 million to, whatever. You're like, yeah, it sounds good. 
Sounds normal. Um, one thing my roommate also brought up to me, uh, which I, I had not seen and didn't uh, observe until I was doing research for this. I believe her words were, have you seen the court portraits? Yes. The court illustrator hates them. Oh, my God. It is so good. I was I, OK. I'm, I'm so glad she, uh, so glad you brought this up because I was going to say this. I think it's um, uh, Reuters is who they are. It's uh, uh, who they're crediting. But I don't know who the art artist is. Um, but this courtroom sketch because uh, the Wall Street Journal has been using a lot of them um, and and so other outlets too. They are so fantastic. I, I saw one courtroom sketch. Yes, this really good courtroom sketch of Caroline Ellison that's just like a, a pen drawing with like almost no features. But then there's other ones where she just looks like she is melting, mm-hmm. um, which are actually really cool. They're very, uh, very uh, expressionistic. This one I love so much. Oh, this is good. Okay, so you just sent me a courtroom sketch of, like, the lawyer uh, standing at the front of the courtroom, the judge looking over at Caroline Ellison while she blows her nose in a tissue and looks incredibly morose. Mm -hmm. Um, And the laptop screens in front of the lawyers read, Dread of this day. Yes. Wow, this is good. This is so expressive. It is. Uh, it's so expressive. And and also and, and you see Sam Bankman Fried is in the foreground, um, kind of looking off and 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 into the side. Um the whole thing. Oh wow, I also didn't recognize him in a suit and with I agree. shorter hair. It took me a long time. It took me actually looking at this thing as you were describing it to realize, oh yes, that's SBF. No, but this is the the whole style of this, I have to say, like this artist is fantastic. It's really good. Like I would buy yeah. this art, honestly. Um Oh, do you think you can? What do they do with it after it's done? I don't know, but I would. Or you know what? Okay, this would be the best thing to do with the art. Make what? NFTs out of it. <gasps> Shut up. Nobody leak this. Nobody, Nobody leak, leak this. this. So people make NFTs out of the art. It would be really good. Do I would it. I would buy that collection. We're I mean, going to fix NFTs. We are. We're going to fix NFTs by doing it with this. Um, or we could just, you know, copy the JPEGs ourselves and put them on T-shirts. Um, I yeah. don't know what the licensing rules for for court photography is. But th- this stuff is is great. Um, okay. So uh, let's talk about the beanbag. Let's talk about the beanbag. So the former roommate... Uh, testified, oh God, what was the exact line? Um, that he had known Sam Bankman free to sleep in a beanbag, but not as often uh, as he did in, not as often as, as he had in Hong Kong. Quote, unquote, I think he would take occasional naps, but not with much frequency. Wow. <laughs> wow. So this, of course, caused a lot of panic because people were concerned about did this mean that the beanbag in the office wasn't even a factor? Like, was it even real? Right. But later it was referenced again. And it has been confirmed that the beanbag was in the office and was used. Okay. So I think that that's just super important to know. No, it is. It is. I mean, and I have to say, like, what we've learned in this past, like, you know, um, 11 months is that sleeping in the office can have absolutely no negative repercussions at all. None. None. Yeah. It, nothing bad ever happens. Nothing that you're, you're going to Everything's keep your, normal and above board. Yep. You're going to keep your job. Everything is going to be great with the company um, that you're at. It's going to keep its same name. You're not going to get uh, arrested and, and, and go to, to jail because uh, you talked to the press because you leaked them documents that made your girlfriend look bad. Um, no, n- none of that's going to happen. So sleep, sleep at work, everyone. Sleep at work. Memos that he had told her, he was like, don't freaking write anything down because yes. if you write something down, it'll be on the front of the New York Times. And she and, you know, all the yep. like signals were self-deleting, et cetera. But she did write these memos she about did. their relationship. And then he leaked them to the New York Times. Which is so... I mean, look, he told her what was going to happen. He did. He 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 did not tell a lie. One thing you can say about Sam Bankman Freed, he was honest. At that point, yeah. Um, in this specific instance. In this specific instance, he was honest. God. Okay. So good. What, th- this is what I don't get. You write yeah. all this down, and I can kind of get keeping a diary and having that like principle of wanting to do that. Um, although there is a part of me, um, what's his face? Um, uh, uh, Ross Ulbricht, the, uh, the the Silk Road guy, he did this too, where he kept like a diary of everything he did. And so when they grabbed his laptop, it literally took it from his hands when they were able to capture him um, in uh, San Francisco when they arrested him uh, on the Silk Road stuff. And they they knew they had to get his laptop while it was on the internet and connected because if it was oh. not, then it would be encrypted and they wouldn't be able to get in. So they got yeah. his laptop. 
um, they found like this log, this diary of everything that he did, everything that he'd kind of been, been talking about and like laid out the entire like plan of like, okay, this is how I set up the website. This is, you know, what I'm doing on, on these things. I get the, the sense to be diaristic. I understand this. What I don't understand is like, do you, do you have to make, I, I like, especially with her, like, do you have to share it with the boyfriend? Like, do you have to make it a Google doc? Uh, it's so easy to find. Like, these are smart people. Like at least, yeah. like at least uh, Ross Ulbricht thought that his laptop was not going to be accessed. Right. I, I, yeah. I still think it's dumb as hell to have it in a text file, but her, I'm like, come on, come on. Why did she share it with him? Right. I mean, but do you think that in the end that that will damage her testimony or his reputation? I don't know. I think it depends on what is there, right? And and again, she's pled guilty. So um, maybe it doesn't matter what, what she put in those things um, yeah. when it comes to sentencing, right? Because she, she pled guilty to the, to the crime, so they don't have to prove anything on that. I don't know. Um, but it certainly... It didn't help anyone. Like, it wasn't good. No, it hasn't helped anyone. You're correct. It, it wasn't good for any person to have that out there. I mean, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not I'm not saying go back to writing in, like, physical journals because people could find that too. But I don't know. Maybe just, like, send self-deleting voice notes to yourself. I don't know. Like, we need to come up yeah. with a new diary system. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or just don't Self-locking. Do, yeah. yeah. Just don't do this stuff, maybe. That's the real thing. Don't do crimes. Yeah. Don't do crimes. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get the feeling that she was looking for like something from him in documenting their relationship. I agree. I agree. Um, Like some kind of response or apology or change or maybe even like as a like implicit threat of like this is looking really bad, dude. Um, But it's again, as you said, benefiting no one. I mean, you, I, I shouldn't say don't write anything down because, like, the thing is, unless you're doing crimes, you should be documenting I this agree. stuff. Like, if you are in an illicit relationship with someone who's your boss who's telling you to do things that are illegal, you re- actually probably oh, no, should be documenting. Should. <laughs> well, no, be, look, look, to be clear, but, to be clear don't go should. on and then continue to do all the crimes until you get caught, until your company collapses. What I'm saying is, look, it's good for whistleblowers and it's good for like law and whatnot. It's really bad for self preservation. Um, and so if you're going to commit crimes, I don't know, just think about your OPSEC. Like, this is what I don't get. Like, none of these people think about their OPSEC, especially these folks who, like, they, they think that they're so smart. They're dealing with all of this, you know, like, very, you know, kind of secure stuff. And then they're not even taking basic precautions. And she's sharing, to your point, yeah, I think she shared the documents with him because she wanted something from him. And he basically told her, he was like, I don't have emotions or something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Thanks. <laughs> which, which I mean, look, that's why that happened to you or I'm happy. I'm not, but I'm not reading all that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what he said to her. And I, I do have to say, I think that that's one of the things that like, maybe that should have been like your first red flag, Caroline, right? Like he was very clear with you that he did not want to be exclusive because he didn't have emotions and whatnot. That was not going to change. You are not going to fix him. You should have taken your money. And mm-hmm. you should have gone away and found someone else. Um, yeah. You know, like, I, I'm just glad, I'm delighted that we're seeing all of this happen on this scale. It's also really, really scary to consider that this company that was really touted by people who pretend to know what's going uh-huh. on uh-huh. was this, like, was run by these people, right? Like, yes, people who are just not in any way qualified or competent you're not serious um, people children. or yeah yeah you're yeah exactly thank you logan roy yes you're not serious people and i don't love you though <laughs> all right we'll continue to follow this trial as it continues of course very excited you said that uh her testimony is continuing on thursday when this episode comes out yeah and that's going to be the cross-examination which honestly that's what i can't wait for it's gonna be lit yeah that i mean here's my only like disappointment with this this is the the media is so excited about this. Like this is the genuinely the East Coast version of the Theranos trial. And it's interesting to see how the media is showing up and reporting on this uh, vis-a-vis Elizabeth Holmes. And maybe at the end of it, there's some sort of analysis we can do and we can pretend to be smart about. I don't know. Ooh, um, like but um, I, I wish that this was being live streamed because I, I, I want to see all of this. Um, but it's federal court, so it's not. But this is one of those things like I'm 
very much looking forward to the transcripts coming out and I will definitely pool money with people to buy all of them when they do so that I can pour over Get the, them bound the in a nice book. Exactly. Oh my God. Can you Illustrated imagine? Illustrated by the court reporter. <gasps> oh my God. Okay. This is actually a great idea. Actually, yeah. Oh my God. This is a good idea. This is a good hang idea. Hang on. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, no, hang on. Also, what if we... You could even then get like actors, voice actors to reenact these Audiobook. things. Audiobook. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good stuff. Um, Let's talk about this new PS5. Sony has revealed a new upcoming PS5 model with a detachable disk drive and one terabyte of storage for $499.99. This model of PS5 is going to replace both of the PS5 editions that we have out now. That's the regular PS or the big old PS5 with the disk drive and the PS5 digital edition. So the digital edition, of course, does not have a disk drive. Uh, the regular one is a big, beautiful behemoth, which I love with that Blu-ray player, yes. which is uh, has long been... A reason to buy a PlayStation. Yes. Because <laughs> you also get a Blu-ray player. Uh, this new model has a detachable side panel, which can be removed to attach the disk drive. And if you decide to buy it without the disk drive, uh, you can get it for $449 and add the disk drive later for $79.99. The Verge says the new model is 30% smaller in volume and 24% smaller in weight, depending on which one you get. It comes out in November in the U.S. and will probably ro- and will roll out globally later. Sony says they're going to continue to sell the current PS5 models until they run out alongside this new one. Um, I am really psyched about modular PS5. Christina, how do you feel? I am too. I It's gotten a lot of hate, but I kind of love it. No, this is like, uh, how is this not a good solution? You get the option. They, they are manufacturing something that's like allows the consumer to customize it. They're probably... saving some both money and um, something, I guess, ecologically because they're just manufacturing like one model of the thing. Um, And then these extra disk drives that you can like choose to attach if you want to. Yeah. Uh, Plus it has more storage than the the freaking current PS5. Which we absolutely love. Now people are like mad about like the price raise. Like it is what it is. Like, come on. Like they're Sony's going to Sony. Um, uh, but I, emotionally it costs $500 to me anyway, the, the that's what original model. So that's it's what all I'm saying. the same. That's yeah. what I'm saying. All of it is $500 to me. I'm just like, if you got the digital edition, like whatever, um, it, people are, are under, are, are like, um, understandably. Well, I don't think understandably actually they are miffed. They're like, why won't the, the new drive work with the old ones? Like the people who bought the digital editions, like, why can't I use that with the old one? I'm like, because it's the well, old one. What are you talking about? Why? <laughs> it's like, why would it? Exactly. I'm like, this is Sony. Explain. Tell me why. This is Sony. Why? We, why are you even asking this question? Like, honestly. Oh my god. Um, like, like genuinely. Like, why are you even asking this question? No, I kind of love how it looks. Um, I have to say, um, the modularity of it, and and I think that this is a good solution. Um, I've I've been team pro disc drive from the beginning for several reasons. One, because I think Blu-ray is great. And I think that we should all watch movies in as high fidelity as we can. Uh, and two, frankly, okay, it sucks to have to keep the disc in the drive. Like, do not get me wrong. Like, that kills me. And it would have been great if we'd all agreed with what Microsoft wanted to do a decade ago when they were like, hey, what if you just keep your console online all the time and we phone <laughs> home, but we let you, you know, authorize a disc and then that disc can live in your you know a shelf someplace but it can also be on your um you know console and then you can play the games without having to have the disc in it and everybody was like how dare you make me my me connect my you know uh, console to the internet i i'm never on the internet the internet is awful i'm never on the internet and why do i have to have my console on the internet as as they're on the internet while they're saying this so uh you know that that happened uh, Nintendo, uh, Microsoft rather lost that generation of the console wars, and we have to still keep a uh, you know Blu-ray disc in the console while we're doing those things. But I will say, especially in the early days of like the PS5, um, you know, yes, patches would still be bad, but like some of these games are so freaking large, and I'm like, I have fast internet, and I'm like, I don't have time for all this. Sony is notoriously slow, slow download speeds, slow downloads, so just so, the worst. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know what? I would rather. I would rather like have the disc, you know? Um, yes, I totally, totally agree. Um, regarding the way it looks, so we've we've not seen much yet. They released this teaser video, which 
I got my hopes up, hoping we'd be, you know, swirling around the console in a 3D space. And it's really just like a slow, very slow zoom, one angle of the console. So judging from that, it is really hard to say what it's going to look like. But in this rendering, it does look very seamless. Um, You have the like slim model of the PS, the new PS5, and then the disk drive one has like that bulge that comes out Mm -hmm. where the disk drive is. But it looks neat it does um and if it does if it indeed does sort of attach as seamlessly as it looks in this rendering i think it, it it's a pleasing a pleasing aesthetic and engineering feat i agree imo i agree also i think that this is you know because sony's now really getting into selling like the col- the colored like a uh, you know face plates and whatnot for the mm-hmm. console like you could really do some cool things with that if you did other other shells Oh, heck yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, heck yeah. Like, honestly, and, and look, Sony loves to, you know, sell us uh, uh, pieces of plastic for more money and we love to pay it. So, like, I would love that. Like, that would almost honestly be one of those things. Like, you could customize. I can see some really cool special editions coming out with this um, in, in the future that they do, you know, branded to, like, you know, uh, like like past Spider-Man releases or things yeah. like that. Like, I could see them doing some really interesting things with the colorways. So, yeah, I agree. I think that it looks really seamless. We'll have to wait and see obviously but if they can pull it off like i like it and i think that it as you said i think it's a good engineering feat um i don't know what 30 percent smaller in volume means because the actual playstation is so large that i, I you know what i mean it's hard for me to kind of yeah, like yeah it is i think it's just slimmer in general right that's what i that's what i mean yeah. but it's one of those things where like i think it's still going to be a big honking console oh yeah which is fine oh yeah which is fine yeah. um we love it but um, we've all gotten used to it looking like a big sail ship beached on our entertainment center. I mean, it looks so dumb, but also it looks so good. It does. Like, Man. I, I've come around on it. Like, I was, I was team like this looks like ass, and now I'm like, yeah, but I love it. I can't remember how I originally felt about it. I, I think I was probably also critical. Um, but yeah, I don't care anymore. Cool. So yeah, um, anything else to say about this besides that I'm excited? Um, I love disk drives. Yeah. And we, um, I mean, yeah. look, I, I think this, look, I think this is what they should have done from the beginning, to be completely honest with you. Um, and I don't give them the uh, foresight to foresee the pandemic um and and say that oh you know they would have needed to have you know the supply chain would have made it too difficult to have the two different lines and whatnot no i think that this this is the way that they should have done it from the beginning you could have mm-hmm. had the model mm-hmm. that sells for one price that um you know gives you the option to after the fact buy it or you can buy it at you know a uh what would end up being like a, a slightly lower price uh, than the you know buying them separately to get the whole thing together um yeah. It's going to be interesting. You know, we are going to be stuck in this console generation for a really long time. Um, yeah. And uh, like those those uh, leaked Microsoft court documents that the lawyers uploaded the wrong thing to the court database because, wow. Because they love us. Because they love us. Um, uh, I was not on the episode uh, that week, which was good because that would have been all kinds of hard for me to talk about for a company that I have yeah, stock in. I see how that could be. But but wow, I really, really hope that the people who made that decision are no longer working. <laughs> Let's just say I, that. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's what we said too. It's like somebody has been like, oh. I mean, I hope so. But but also we got really good dirt on that. I will say like these are things I was like, I'm not supposed to know this information, but we're going to be in this console generation for a really long time. It is interesting to foresee in the future let me actually, actually actually just ask you this question because I was on the Change Log podcast last week talking about the death of the um, DVD by mail uh, Netflix um, uh, subscription and and um, I talked with, uh, with with the guys about that for a long time. Um, might, might put that a link in the show notes. It was actually a really yeah. fun episode to talk about the death of that and kind of the death of physical media in general. Um, and I wonder because it is going to be a long time before we have. Uh, another um, console generation. Do you think that the next one is going to be um, like digital only? Do you think that this is really going to be the end of a physical media? Ooh, I mean, obviously Microsoft would benefit. He, Microsoft wants that to happen. Yeah. Um, and there is probably a world in which like that is 
undoubtedly cheaper for sure. companies to not manufacture discs um, and also in terms of waste. I guess I, I wonder I, – I do wonder because we've certainly seen that in laptops. Like we've yes. moved almost entirely away from totally. having disk drives, uh, having anything on disks. It's yes. all downloaded. Um, games and movies really are some of the only things that are still on discs. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's increasingly – And movies, it's increasingly rare and games are yeah. mostly sold – um, you know, by by digital. Um, uh, yeah. Do you know how much I would like to get a, a disc copy of RRR? <laughs> I would love it, but I can't because yeah, nobody watches DVDs in India, um, and they there's just no point for them to to manufacture a DVD of it because they're like, no, no one's going to buy it. Who cares? We don't need to. Well, maybe um, maybe me. The, well, uh, hopefully there will be like enough of like an English speaking audience who wants a it. Criterion release or something. Um, no, that I was, would be I, I, sick. Criterion would be amazing, but I was actually more thinking um, the um, Steelbox um, community. Oh, that would be so cool because that's <gasps> that that's what's leading to a lot of discs being produced for the people who are really obsessed with the Steelboxes. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I am I am a fan of discs, disc drives, and having access to them. But I also I. I I do think I see it kind of going the way of the dinosaur. I, I I wonder about like the cartridge system, like the Switch has. Like the Switch doesn't give a crap about no. disk drives. It either downloaded games or you buy a little cartridge. Yeah, um, which is smart. Yeah, um, and, and obviously that you know the big sony like 4k beautiful 60 fps games like those aren't going to be on well no yeah exactly i mean the thing is is because those cartridges are what they're actually are are as um memory cards um so so it's it's like you know uh solid state uh kind of you know not not solid state actually sorry it's flash memory storage uh listeners were gonna email me um, angry it's flash memory and so um uh in that case i think um because again their games are so much smaller it makes sense for them to do that. Um, but I do love that on the Switch, right? I Actually, that's one of the yeah. things I love the most about the Switch. I'm like, I like that I can have this. And it makes sense for that scenario where, like, you might actually be offline, right? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, on, on a plane train or, or a train or or exactly, which which are the scenarios they, they envisioned. And so they can do that. Um, but I'm just trying to think about, like, consumer norms, right? Because, and this actually, actually, this, this pivots perfectly to something that you'd wanted me to talk about that I forgot to talk about earlier. I bought a new laptop. Oh yeah, I was going to have you talk about that for what you're doing this week. Yeah, but but, but th- I think this is a perfect segue. So yeah. I bought a new laptop this week, and by new laptop I mean I bought a, um, a manufactured in uh, the year 2000 iBook. Uh, that the receipt that the the owner um, I got it from an estate sale in Colorado. Shout out to Dizzy who um, drove to the the place and picked it up for me. Drove half an hour um, from his house to pick it up for me and then mailed it to me. Um, it's going to be arriving in my my house this weekend. I'm going to be gone, but I'll, I'll have it next week when I'm back uh, from various trips. Anyway, um, I bought like a, a, a 2000 iBook, and this was the iBook that had like the little handle and the, was the one in Legally Blonde, and had a disk drive. And the one that I got does not have a DVD drive, which is unfortunate. Uh, that was the special edition. I did get the one that has Firewire, but it does not have the DVD drive, but it has a CD-ROM nice. drive. And I was just kind of thinking about that. I was like, because I'm, was, I'm going through this process where I'm going to be trying to upgrade and do things to this. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to get physical media onto this thing? And, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, it does have a disk drive. And I'm like, okay, well, can I upgrade the disk drive to a DVD drive? And, and will that work, you know, cause the unfortunate thing, the laptop is in fantastic condition. The mm-hmm. unfortunate thing is to upgrade this machine, you literally have to take it completely apart. No. Yeah. Just dismantle it entirely. Exactly. Oh, no. Yeah. Like you, like you have to disconnect. That's like, so scary. You have to disconnect the freaking, um, uh, screen to get to the hard drive. Like the, it's dumb. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send you links. I, I had to do this once when I was in college. Um, and, and I remember this. So, um, cause some, somebody brought one in, like, you know, it was, it was like five or six years old and they brought one in to Best Buy and I had to do something on it. And I, I thought that it would be like a quick upgrade and it, I wound up like in the back room and it was like two hours <laughs> doing surgery, basically me like undoing all these screws. And, and this is before things like I fix it existed. And I'm just like oh looking through like this Apple manual and I'm like, oh my God, what am I? Okay. What am I doing? Oh, What's the next funny. thing? Awful. 
anyway, um, but, you know, it had me thinking. I was like, oh, man, you know, like, cause part of me actually really wanted it to have a DVD drive. I was like, that would kind of be fun to have, like, a little portable yeah, DVD, oh my gosh. like, machine. Watching movies on that little screen. Exactly, right? I was like, okay, that would actually be a kind of chill, right? Like, that would actually be, like, a real cool thing to do, like, to just, like, pop up, like, at a Starbucks someplace. And just oh be my like, God, you would be the belle of the ball. Right. I mean, I'm totally going to be taking it with me in public, to be clear. Um, yeah. Whether, you said you were going to use it at like code or something. I, I'm going to use it at GitHub Universe. Um, nice. And, and uh, I, I don't know, like I, I doubt the battery will last long enough for me to like be able to have it on without those things. But I don't even care. The aesthetics are, are really why I wanted it. But um, yeah, but it's, it's funny to think about like, you know, so 23 years ago, it was cutting edge to have a DVD drive or a CD drive on your laptop. Like that was great. Like if you had a DVD drive, right? Like that was amazing because mm-hmm. that meant you could watch movies on it. The real thing would be like, okay, do you have like a, can you also like burn discs, right? And then mm-hmm. we go mm-hmm. in a decade from like t- 2000 to 2010 with the iPad, the first iPad Air, uh, not iPad Air, first MacBook Air, I guess, which was 2008. You see, okay, we're getting rid of the disc. And we've had this continued yeah. like death of the disc for the last 15 years. And I just, I wonder if we're at a place where the next console generation happens, where we can, from an infrastructure level and everything else, actually get rid of it. I mean, I hope not because I love physical media, but I'm also like, I wonder if, if, yeah, like you said, Microsoft would love nothing more than to make us all have to buy digital copies of all of this stuff. Everyone would, mm-hmm. right? They all would just subscribe to Game Pass. Well, yes, c- complete. Well, that's really what they want. But yes, yeah. Um, but but have it all in the cloud or all you know digital or whatever. But I, I wonder if the um, realities that have prevented that so far, meaning the size of the games and uh, the fact that not everyone has super fast internet all over the world, if that will be like that's solved by then. Like that. Know. That that's. Yeah. I think that's the big holdout question. Yeah, and I just don't know enough about like consumer bases to be able to make any predictions based on that. Well, I'm excited to see it, um, and I I hope that other other companies think about modular systems because I think it's a really neat thing to do. Christina, do you have anything else to say about what you're doing this week? Well, like I said, um, I am going to be hotly awaiting the arrival of my new laptop. I will be gone when it happens, but... Which is uh, a tragedy. Which is a real tragedy. I'm going to be... um, Next week, I'm going to be in Raleigh for All Things Open. And so just on the off chance that any listener is there, Rocket Rules obviously apply. So if you see me, say something, I'll buy you a drink. And, um, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's it. I, it is a real tragedy that I'm literally, it's going to arrive on Saturday. I'm not going to be here and I'm not going to be here. I think until like the following Friday, uh, to be able to actually, um, take and, and play with my, my new precious laptop, which I'm so excited about. And, um, I have to give a shout out, um, to, um, I found this basically because I saw someone on, on either Mastodon or on, um, on Twitter, posting about this they're like oh this uh, great deal for somebody who's local in colorado you know it, there's a bid on this thing for like 35 dollars right now for this great condition you know ibook this person doesn't know what they have oh and i wound up paying 205 dollars for it um i think the reason that it went for as low as it did um, because the condition just looks fantastic is again because you had to be local i did ask them i was like well could you ship it to me and they're like yeah but it'd be like hundreds of dollars because we'd have to go through, you know, commercial shipper and, you know, they're, they're not designed to deal with like for small things, we could pop it in a, in an envelope for something like this. No. Cause like it actually comes with the original box that, that was sold in. Oh my God. And, you know, still has all the accessories. That's so neat. So I'm really, really excited to get this like 23 year old computer that I've always wanted one of these things. It was never like a great laptop like at the time from a value perspective, which is why I didn't have one. A, also like just, I didn't have the money for that back then. My my parents were like, we just bought you a desktop. We're not buying you a laptop. Um, Say thank you. (laughs) Exactly. They're like, get a job. I'm like, I have a job. Okay, we'll stop spending it on clothes. Fair. (laughs) Um, Buying video cameras or whatever it is you do with your uh, money, which yes. like, I won't. But um. But so I wanted one of these things for forever. And like five years ago, um, MKBHD did an unboxing of one of these with iJustine. And it annoyed me because I'd seen the one that they unboxed. They found like one mitten box because I almost bid on it myself. And then like the, the bid went out of control. And I was like, 
damn it, I was going to buy that because I was watching illegally. And they sniped you. They sniped me because I was watching Legally Blonde with my friend Allison. And I was like, I really want the Legally Blonde laptop. And I started, you know, trying to find one online. And I realized on eBay, there are a ton of them. But they're not in great condition. And I was like, man, why is it so hard to find one of these in really good condition? <sighs> and now I found one. So I'm very excited. And, and I'll be happy to share updates about that in the future. Fulfilling your dreams. I'm so happy for you. You just reminded me to check on uh, something that I'm watching on eBay, which is a big uh, Victorian dress, which also it says local pickup only from Oakland, California. Does that really mean that they just don't ship it at all? Usually, but that's crazy. But okay, we we have we have resources for you in Oakland. We can get you things in Oakland if if it comes down to it. Taylor lives in Oakland. I could get Taylor to pick it up for me and then she could bring it back for Christmas. Yeah. We, we, we have lots of people for, I have lots of people for you. If you win uh, the week, we can get that taken care of. Okay. This is interesting. Thank you for, uh, I should, I shouldn't buy it. I shouldn't is the thing. <laughs> However, I do want it and no one else seems to. Anyway, what am I up to this week? Yes. Uh, I'm going to my coworker, my wonderful coworker, Mike Mahardy's wedding this weekend. Aww. I'm super excited. Um, and also I'll have a new video up tomorrow, Thursday, about Elden Ring and the ways in which I think it uses both like wide open spaces, but also very tight, twisty, uh, confusing, uh, uh, like um, architecture side by side really well. So you get this back and forth between like the open world where you have all this freedom of movement to cities and dungeons and castles where your freedom of movement is constricted and the ways in which that like changes your experience of the game and like creates a nice back and forth flow between those spaces. So now that I've summarized the whole video, you should watch it. (laughs) You should. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I I did have to shoot it twice because we shot it once um, in a different studio from usual. I I did it on green screen with Mm -hmm. the teleprompter and just like, it would, it's a much smaller studio. The camera was way too close to me and I was like, ugh, hate this. Sorry, Clayton, we do need to do it again. So I went in <laughs> yesterday. Or, yeah, I think it was. It was yesterday. Holy moly. Reshot it and just like plopped the footage into my edit timeline. And it was it's uh, it went really well. Yay. So yay, did it. Um, And that's all our show for you this week. Unless you are, of course, a booster subscriber. You went to relay.fm slash boost or slash membership, relay.fm slash membership, and found out how to support our show directly by becoming a boosty or your other favorite relay shows, which you can support as a, a pick and choose platter of delicious podcast support over at relay.fm slash membership. And thank you so much to everyone. Thank who you so is much doing that currently. We, we really appreciate it in these heady podcast uh, times. Um, thank you for giving us the support to be able to keep on going and um, uh, letting us also give you an extra helping of dessert, which uh, this week is going to be all about um, celebrity AI chatbots. This is not a Black Mirror episode. This is real. And we have thoughts. It's freaking real. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. This episode of Rocket is reviewable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yes. And... Terminated. Terminated. <laughs>